Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
We'll be right with you. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. We're going to get our guest on here and we'll start. Be right with you. family will go near it. Ask someone to find something in it and you'll find a less than enthusiastic response. What is it that's in your home that causes grown men to cower and children to run for cover? Run! Food storage. That's right. Food storage shouldn't be scary. At Simply Your Food, we are the premier providers of long-term, storable, GMO, and MSG-free meats, veggies, fruit, dairy, and pantry essentials like powdered butter. We even have a gluten-free line. Food storage shouldn't be scary. Let Simply Your Food help you with your food storage needs. Go to simplyyourfood.com or call 866 251 7511 and let us take the scary out of food storage. Welcome to the Waterman Files. alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Grundgriff, 
you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We, we are in this together. together. Ground crew, we are not alone. I'm glad you're here to join me with Jim Fetzer. And uh, we're going to be talking about his new book. Jim's online, and uh, Jim, how are you doing? Hey, terrific. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. We've got a new time, folks, for the uh, broadcast, and I'm glad all those that uh, uh, are wanting to listen to the Waterman Files have found their way. And if you haven't, and you're listening to this on the archived podcast and want to come to the live broadcast, it's Tuesday, 7 p.m., and Thursday at 11 p.m. Both of those are Eastern time zones. And uh, we've done that because we've got a lot to get ready for ourselves. Jim, it takes a long time to kind of get the boat turned around for these things that are coming at us like Jade Helm and all these other things. But tonight, primarily... We have, if you've went to the Waterman Files today, you have seen the cover of Jim's new book. And the title of it is kind of interesting, Jim, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either. But there's more to that title. You know what? I'm just going to let Jim introduce this, but i got to ask you a question. Um, what made you write about this topic? Well, it was a whole host of uh, converging interests that came together for this particular book. The whole series uh, was the brainchild of Mike Palachuk, who has a very fertile imagination. He's published some 20 books of his own. And uh, he wanted to do a series on the most complex and controversial issues of our time. And I think this book, which focuses on the moon landings, on uh, the possible replacement of Paul McCartney, on whether it was the real Saddam who was tried and hung, whether Osama (laughs) bin Laden died in Afghanistan or in Pakistan, and whether the Holocaust occurred the way we've been told, I think there's enough here to either, (laughs) either offend or attract everyone on the planet, I think. Well, each topic would take an entire show, I imagine. Well, it could very well, but here I offer a thumbnail sketch, and then you can find the supporting documents in the book itself, which is, I'm delighted to say, available now. So this is hot off the press? Yes. Fantastic. What I've got to ask is, uh, folks, when I was reading, and of course... Uh, if you take a look at that uh, cover, there's a lot being said there. But there is so much that we are all uh, basically asking questions about. Folks, have you, well, let's put it this way. I know this is a smart audience, uh, uh, Jim, and I think people are like, Wondering just how deep the lie goes. We've been lied about so many things, and uh, it has, it's almost a full-time occupation just keeping up with the lies. Can you imagine 
how much stuff we'd have to keep up with, say, for example, if Hillary Clinton got president. I mean, you know, it's she can't even get to first base without us going over some kind of fraud constantly. We know she's hiding corruption. We know she's hiding lies. Now, one of the things that I noticed in the book is you've got several contributors, like you said, to this. What areas were you uh, mostly concentrated in with your work? Well, I'm pretty much across the board, but I got excellent people on, you know, every side. You did. And by the way, may I say, Hillary, I was sent a brief clip of Hillary joking about <laughs> having camps for adults. And she talked about blue camps and red camps. And I'm sorry to say I found it just the least bit unnerving because we have over 300 FEMA camps distributed all over the country. And with Jade Helm taking place, as you observe, which I am quite convinced is a major threat to freedom and democracy in the United States, I really thought her remark was uh, highly inappropriate that may have been a way of telegraphing whose side she's on. Hmm. Well, okay. With that definitive statement that she's made, uh, how many times do we have to get slapped upside the head to know what side she's on? Uh, it's in it's incredible how much criminal activity all of the Clintons and the Bushes. And, you know, this is a good time to talk about it doesn't make any difference, folks, does it, that we have Republicans and Democrats because they're, the, they're not the answer. And uh, I think this book even covers that, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it mention a lot about you? You're, you're playing their game if you're, you know, jumping from one side to the other just to fix a problem. A very astute reader who just finished the book last night okay. told me he thinks it's uh, so important because it reflects the virtual reality in which we live, reinforced by the mass media, and exposes how they do it so that it's really a critique of uh, how to sort through uh, the, the, the smoke and mirrors and sort out the reality beneath. Well, you know, there was, when I started reading the first part of it, uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, going back to Waco, Oklahoma City. I mean, I think, do, don't you, uh, Jim, that we were just starting to wake up to the fact that these were false flags? Yes. Yes, yes. I think the Muir building is an especially conspicuous case. Those familiar understand that there were two seismic signals. One was relatively mild from the fertilizer bomb, which could not possibly have inflicted the massive damage on the building. And the second was from the actual explosion that blew the building apart. I mean, half of that massive building was completely destroyed. And we had firemen, actually, initially, that were carrying unexploded devices out from beneath a building. I mean, it's fairly startling when you go back and review the bidding. Oh, man. Well, let's go over a little bit of that. Um, I've said so many times, uh, Jim, about uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. They're probably tired of me here and uh, doing you know, my part, but... Uh, to talk about it from my perspective, there's been two very important things. One is I took care of the person that was the deepest in to the explosion that survived. It's a man. 
I won't give his name. And he got tired of the runaround that he was getting in his care. And so he came to me and uh, we sorted things out. Um, and I was still not prepared at that time to jump to some other conclusions. So I was, you know, still wondering about it. But uh, then we have uh, the fact that uh, Leslie Stahl, who, by the way, was uh, more than just a reporter at the time, um, she was running things, uh, had called up uh, Norm Olson in Michigan, who was uh, trying, they were trying to suck in the militias to blame them. Remember that? Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm convinced that was the whole objective of the Oklahoma City bombing, was to impugn the integrity of the militias, which were becoming very, very popular at the time. Yes. And so he, she called Norm and said, I'd like to interview you. And this was uh, early 95. And uh, he said, okay. But she said, I'd like to interview you when you're in the field. And so now she's picking the venue. Do you see where I'm going now? And he said, what for? She says, I want to film you guys training. And he says, well, you know, a lot of the stuff we do isn't out there, you know, training you know, like she says, well, wherever you bring the guns to and have your, you know, blah, blah, and look like a bunch of morons is what she was trying to, <laughs> and trying to, to, trying to, you know, get to. She knew the story. And he, said, he said, okay, okay, if you want to film, if you want to come when we're doing training outside on, on our training facility, it's fine. And she's, and he says, uh, when do you want to come? She says, when are you going to be training? And he says, look, I'm going to give you the training dates we've set up, and if you want to come, then that's great. She says, well, none of those will do. And so he said, well, how about this one? And she said, nope. He said, look, why don't you just tell me when you'd like to come, and I'll see if I can work it out. And she said, how about April the 19th? And... Uh, he said, yeah, we can. He he'd checked, and he eventually told her, yeah, we can work out the 19th. And, of course, guess what? That's the day that they worked that whole thing in to going up to, of course, um, Michigan to be prepared to throw mud at the Michigan militia as being involved because weren't they trying to hook uh, Tim McVeigh up to the Michigan militia? Yeah. Weren't they yes, trying they Yes, they were, and clearly Leslie had the story she wanted to tell in mind and just wanted to use the visit as the set piece for for them to be the straight men for her critique uh, already prepared. Well, then that means she had foreknowledge and she's complicit to the whole thing. Well, it may be a lot of these propaganda moves are planned, you know, many years in advance. I mean, the Sandy Hook shooting appears to have been ta taken at least four years to plan. Uh, the Boston bombing uh, similarly took quite a while to plan. Uh, we have blown both of those completely out of the water. If anyone is unfamiliar with the background here, they might want to check out on YouTube the real deal, special must-see Sandy Hook update and the real deal must see Boston bombing update where I lay out the basics of both cases. But it's astonishing 
the extent to which the government will go to deceive the American people. Nobody died at Sandy Hook, and no one actually was even injured at the Boston bombing. Well, they couldn't stand the pressure because everybody, all the people that are in the gun movement, the, and I don't care if it's uh, NRA or uh, Gun Owners for America who just won their Supreme Court battle in the Supreme Court, they all are very upset with Lon Horiuchi, who sniped Vicki Weaver dead uh, while she was holding her baby in a, in a cabin in Idaho. And uh, I think, don't you, that they just kind of had to do false flags without having so much fallout from dead people? I mean, they did it twice or three times, uh, uh, primarily four maybe, if you include Randy Weaver. You got Randy Weaver, then you had Waco, then you had Oklahoma City bombing, then you had 911, and now all of them seem to be acting, don't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. We even have the actors form. For the amputee actors who were used in the Boston bombs, uh, I mean, just, you, you look through the smoke and you can see there are people there who are missing limbs, but they are not limbs that were just blown off, which we know because there's no blood. In fact, the blood only shows up later, and it's fake blood, Hollywood blood. It comes out of tubes, and some of the videos and films actually show it being laid down. You know, by the way, going back to Oklahoma City bombing, I want to hear more of the details you've got. But some well, of them that I pardon? Go ahead. But some of them that I found out was uh I found out that Leslie Stahl's father was the head honcho of Beatrice Foods. Now, I didn't know this. But if you go back and you look a little bit at the history of Beatrice Foods about this time frame, Beatrice Foods went to Europe and was pandering a deal, trying to get some European country to bite, and they were going to give money if they could have a um, tax abatement for a business if they set it up, and so they would uh, set up this business. And uh, they uh, cut a deal finally with uh, France, and they gave them $20 million dollars, and France allowed them to set up a company, and then that company um, uh, was used to make money and not pay France taxes. That company bought out Beatrice Foods of Nebraska, which is the one Leslie Stahl's father ran. And what happened is, is that all the profits then got siphoned off to France. So Beatrice Foods had no tax liability in the United States. Are you following what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's the it's the capitalist way, you know. I mean, Milton Friedman, the, who received the Nobel Prize for his work in economics, postulated that the only social obligation to corporations is to maximize profits for their stockholders which can be done by increasing the highest possible, the difference between the selling price and the actual cost. It wow. can be done by, by reducing costs, by having the cheapest labor, by not providing benefits, by exploiting natural resources, not cleaning up pollution, by creating monopolies and not uh, you know, allowing competition, and by 
evading taxes. So we have had a whole <laughs> generations of American corporations that have been practicing those principles. And of course, the now that's not avoiding; that's evading illegally. That's, that's right. That's right. Evading. Well, some of it's legal, you know, when the, the laws are often written by lobbyists for special interests to create loopholes <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. exploit in accordance with the law, oddly enough. so. And then you and I can't afford these setups. Now, here's what they did then. This French company got and set up a second company in France. I don't know if it was in France. I'll, I'll back off that, but it was in Europe. I think it might have even been the Isle of Man or something. And it was a a loan agency. And what happened was that money that went to that company in France was then sent to the loan agency, which then in turn lended money back to Beatrice Foods in the United States because you don't pay interest on foods or on loans. So the profit that went to uh, France came back in the form of a loan so they wouldn't have to pay interest because you don't pay or taxes because you don't pay taxes on loans. Now, they had to pay interest to make it look real, so they paid enough interest so that the staff in France could pay their employees to take all this paperwork and make it shuffle correctly. And so that was a whole lot cheaper than paying taxes in the United States. Here might be something you might want to put in your Oklahoma City hat that I found out, Jim. Well, you're sure right about the ingenuity of the tax lawyers and uh, you know those those who want to benefit the capitalists at the expense of the workers. I mean, American workers have been gutted by any series of measures, including, of course, NAFTA and the WTO brought to us by William Jefferson Clinton, and now the. Trans-Pacific Partnership may complete the the gutting of American industry and manufacturing base. So there are clauses, would you believe, in the TPP that not even Congress is allowed to read? <laughs> oh, well, you know, this is, this is the criminal activity of a Zionist mind. This is where this is all coming from. It's the same uh, Zionist mind that set up this Beatrice food outfit in Europe to avoid... Uh, well, to evade taxes, and then they just pay a little bit of interest to these loans they're getting that funded all their staff to make the paperwork happen. But get this. This might be a connection to Leslie Saul and the Oklahoma City bombing. Now, I know this is a reach, Jim, but tell me what you think. There were some guys inside of the Michigan militia that had taken the Beatrice Foods model and had gone out of the country and had set up some trusts, and some of them were setting up businesses, and they were they were uh, consulting with large business. We're talking multi-million dollar businesses. I know one that was a network of forty-one businesses, and I won't say what kind, but they were the smallest one was in the millions. Okay where they would set up the same thing, where they would take the profits off and lend it back. And apparently that didn't go over too well for them as opposed to Beatrice Foods because the feds came after them. And so we have Beatrice Foods model used by the Michigan militia, and the next thing that you know 
is Leslie stalls all over them in the media during the Oklahoma City bombing when they're getting blamed for doing it. Now that's so I guess I, I wonder guess if Leslie, there's really <laughs> could it be? I guess Leslie just had the right qualities, you know, of a person who's <laughs> very sincere, she's attractive, she's articulate. She's bald, by the way. She's bald. She she uh, showed up uh, at this uh, camp where they did their training, and she doesn't. She wears a wig, but she's just rat haired, stringy, bald, like a tail of a rat. Hmm. And the guys were saying, "Oh my gosh!" One of the fellows told me that as they were filming them, they were getting tired of the questions and. You know, the, you know how they ask those presumptive questions like, have you killed your grandmother with an axe yet? <laughs> and he walked up to this, uh, uh, walked straight up to Leslie's ear and whispered, you've got a booger in your nose. And she shut down all the cameras and everything and everybody walked off. It was kind of funny. So I've got some real funny stories about Leslie up there in Michigan about that stuff. Well, you know, well t- what you have been observing, however, has been the gradual escalation of these events, these uh, offenses against American citizens that are clear violations of their rights under the law, and mm-hmm. the attempt to manipulate public attitude toward a host of events. And when you you know look at uh, Ruby Ridge, uh, Waco, Waco was egregious. They could have uh, arrested David Cornish on his walk to and from the town without having to assault the compound and burn everyone to death, which was clearly deliberately done. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible event. And the Mura building, General Parton has done a very thorough critique of the specifics about how it was done. But it was, again, as I say, you know, these appear to have had different objectives, just as uh, Sandy Hook was directed against the Second Amendment by seeking to create a, a, a coterie of anti-gun lobbyists with seemingly impeccable credentials, and the Boston bombing directed against two Muslims who, in fact, had nothing to do with it, it provably nothing to do with it, because they were Muslim, they were from Chechnya, so you could not only demonize Muslims, but also <laughs> Russia, where Vladimir Putin is, alas, the only statesman in the world today who's actually trying to maintain peace between nations. I mean, it's ironic. When I was growing up, we were always taught that the Soviet Union was the, the boogeyman, and, and you couldn't trust anything coming from the Soviet Union. But today there is more truth in Pravda than you can read in the New York Times. Well... I wouldn't have trusted the Bolshevik, Zionist, communist regime either. But that's not Russia today. That's, that's right. the problem. That's, that's the problem. Russia. They go, well, they yeah. didn't get rid of all those old guys. No, that's kind of the mentality that an American uh, a police state would do. They'd get rid of them. But in Russia, but, they're just there, and but, they don't have control, and... Uh, it uh, doesn't make uh, policies in the, in the government of Russia anymore, and they're gone. Are they a threat? Well, there's always a threat. Name me one nation that doesn't have some faction in it that's trying to get rid of that country, right? Every, every nation's got it. Well, one reason, by the way, why I believe the book is so timely is because the recent claim by Seymour Hersh 
that in fact o- Obama had taken too much credit for taking out Osama because the Pakistani government actually had led the American forces to the compound in Pakistan. But the point I've made in several interviews is that what Seymour Hersh was reporting was itself a gross deception because uh, Osama bin Laden actually died in Afghanistan on or about 15 December 2001. He's got his medical maladies. You know, he suffered from advanced kidney disease, and it's tough to get those dialysis machines in and out of those caves in Afghanistan. He was buried in an unmarked grave in accordance with Muslim tradition. There were local obituaries. Even Fox News published a report of Osama's death on 26 December 2001 that you can still find online today. David Ray Griffin published a book about it, where Griffin has 10 books on 9-11, widely regarded, and I think properly, as a leading expert on the event, entitled Osama Bin Laden, Dead or Alive. Uh, Nick Kohlerstrom, who is a historian of science from the UK, uh, he is the leading expert on the 7-7 London bombing attacks with uh, his book, Terror on the Tube, is now in its third edition, where it was Nick who discovered that the train from Luton had been canceled that day, which meant that the young Muslim lads who were going to be blamed for this were not even able to get into the tube stops at the appointed time because the train had been canceled. I mean, this is oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Why, do, why do all of these facts not make a difference? Why do they not make any difference? Because it seems like they just roll past them and keep the agenda going. What's the, what's the deal, Jim? Well, it's the controlled uh, media, of course. I mean, you know, when you're they're parroting the same story coming from the government and the intel agencies, uh, the the alternative press uh, barely has the opportunity to get a word in edgewise. But would you believe today a recent survey in the U.S. said that fifty-five uh, percent of Americans trusted the alternative media more than they do the mainstream? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's hope for people like you and me then, uh, and I guess you probably couldn't have gotten this book published by one of the uh, uh, Zionist publishing houses, I'm sure, because you've challenged the Holocaust in it, haven't you? Yes, yes, indeed. This is uh, <laughs> probably, uh, there are 50 pages on the Holocaust with four simply excellent authors, and it just... On the basis of scientific considerations that are generally not known to the public, it just dismembers the whole Holocaust narrative we've been told. And and the actual elements of it are very, very simple. It turns out that in terms of the laws of biochemistry and of material science, bodies that die from cyanide poisoning, where Zyklon B is a form of cyanide, turn pink. But we have no Mm -hmm. reports of pink bodies. And as a function of the laws of material science, the walls of chambers in which Zyklon B is used because of their interaction with material, principally iron, in the walls turn blue. But the only yeah. chambers whose walls turn blue were those that were used for delousing, for killing body lice, because they had to contain the spread of diseases in the camps, which were actually labor camps. These were not extermination centers. In fact, uh, one of the nice features of the book uh, is a map of Auschwitz in which I point out a variety of features there, not only a hospital with OBGYN facilities, not only a 
woodworking shop, not only a, a, a symphony hall for the orchestra. They even had a brothel, if you can believe. And I put right on the back, right on the back of the book, you can see at the top right, I say, what, you didn't know there was a U.K. soccer team at Auschwitz? Look at this very handsome, healthy, vigorous-looking soccer team, the, the British football team at Auschwitz right there on the back of the cover. Uh, would you below, believe, and this is another fact that's largely unknown to the public, more Catholics died at Auschwitz than Jews. <laughs> well, every show, every new show, and I don't care what the topic is, has to throw in the Holocaust. Just a list, a list, a little, you know, a little line. Why this is as bad as the Jews at Holocaust? I don't care if it was that quick. They have to say something. So, Jim, I've been looking up who writes these. No wonder. The Bergs, the Steins, the Oskies. Now, there are some Polish Catholics that end in that. but uh. well, there's, there's, there's a reason for this, which is that the, the story, I will go so far as to call it the mythology, that six million Jews died in these concentration camps uh, put to death by the Nazis in gas chambers, has been used as a political leverage to play on a sense of guilt by the Western nations to defer to the political and material aspirations of Israel. Would you believe there are 236 references in the international press to 6 million Jews in dire straits or in fear of their lives before the Nuremberg Tribunal, the first of which was published in 1890? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why the constant use of six? Does that work out for him? Is that a magic number, Jim? It, 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 it appears to be de derived from a passage in Leviticus, which under a tortured interpretation states that the chosen people can return to the promised land only when there are short six million who have been consumed in the flames. Now, it requires uh, interpolation to get the figure to come out right, because that's not inherent in the original language. But this means that the number six million has a theological rather than an historical foundation. It's an article of faith. It has nothing to do with empirical evidence. Well, how about some, how about some facts about who they're talking about here? We're talking about what? 90% or more of the people in Israel today are not ancient Israelites. They're Khazarian. Oh, yeah, I know. That's fascinating. New DNA studies coming out of Johns Hopkins shows that the occupants of Israel, the Israeli population, in fact, is not descended from the chosen people, but rather from the Khazar region of what is now Ukraine, so that, in fact, not even genetically are the chosen people entitled to the promised land. That's rather stunning. And, of course, the term Semite is a linguistic distinction. And the, while the Palestinians are bona fide Semites, the Israelis, by and large, are not, which means, uh, you know, not only are they not genetically entitled, but they're the greatest practitioners of anti-Semitism in the world today. Well, how can they claim that when they're not even well of course israelite didn't didn't wasn't there a lady that had been in the press corps for eons i mean 
umpteen jillion presidency. She was really old. And they got kicked out of the press corps because she said she was Semitic and that the Semitic people need to go back home. Yeah, I Who think was the, in fact, she was actually, I think, Lebanese. Um, Thomas, wasn't it? The, was yes, it? yes, I think that's right. Julie yeah. or Julia or Ju- something. Judith, maybe. Yeah, she was a wonderful reporter, and she mm-hmm. was just a no-nonsense person, and she reached a point of being sick of it. It's just like those who contributed to this book. You know, we're just sick of all the laws, and it's been monstrous. I mean, the moon landing is probably the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on the world in history. Though one could argue that the Holocaust narrative is close behind because the, 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 the most reliable data we have about deaths in the camps comes from the International Committee of the Red Cross, which kept meticulous records about the names, ages, sex, and so forth uh, of those who died. And, and they, they updated their data in 1993 and came out with the number 297,000 or 293,087, okay, which, of course, round up to 300,000. You want to round up to 600,000? 10% of the 6 million were five, even five. And, and these camps were located near major industrial centers where they needed labor. So actually they were slave labor camps. No one's suggesting they were pleasant. But they did have facilities that would be, on its face at least, inconsistent with running a, a extermination process. That's not what was going on. And in fact, even using the, the, this delousing agent was intended to keep the inmates alive and well, where the whole process of resupplying the camps came to an end through the Allied massive bombing of Germany, which interdicted the railroad lines and made it impossible to resupply the camps, which led to quite a bit of starvation, but it wasn't because it was the policy of the Third Reich. The Allies were actually engaged in a form of collective punishment that's inconsistent with the Geneva Conventions of 1949, uh, which is also, of course, going on with the collective punishment of Iraq when we imposed the no-fly zone and led to the death of 500,000 Iraqi infants, and now today the the sanctions are being imposed on Iran. It states right in the Geneva Conventions that no one may be punished for crime that he or she did not personally commit, and that collective punishments are forbidden and are acts of war, war crimes, under the Geneva Conventions. So the United States, I suppose we could say, is running true to form. We committed massive war crimes in World War II, we have done again in relation to Iraq. We're doing so today in relation to Iran. I had a uh, a friend. He became a friend. Uh, his name was uh, Frank, and uh, he was uh, 45 years counter-espionage in the military. He was one of the white hats. Jim, he told me that uh, he died in 2001 this was before he died so so yeah so so it was you know i was told that by an intelligence officer a a very high-ranking intelligence officer in the military and uh you know so when it comes it just gets nauseating and you know, I am so glad that we have some of these other venues, your books, these shows, um, 
And you're talking about things that uh, people just, you know, I think what they do after they've brainwashed them, then they start making them uh, get tired of hearing it somehow for some reason. Do you think we'll ever get anywhere with these truths? I mean, are we are we uh, getting anywhere with the? Can you think we can knock this foundation of lies away? You know, you think it'll collapse here uh, anytime soon? Well, this book is like a curveball. I don't think any of the you know authorities saw it coming. Uh, and you know, once you see through some of these uh, these phony, uh, deceptive acts by the government, it becomes very easy to see through many more. For example, those who see through these, uh, uh, some of which are among our, our most cherished beliefs, incidentally, then I think it's much easier to understand how Sandy Hook, for example, was a contrived event. We always had questions about, for example, the existence of a sign there saying everyone must check in. That seemed very odd for a <laughs> child shooting massacre. We had porta potties. And this, this very celebrated former Florida state trooper, school principal, nationally recognized school safety expert Wolfgang Halbig has been submitting one Freedom of Information Act request after another, which have not been responded to, one phone call after another, not returned. And he was particularly frustrated because he couldn't even learn who de delivered the porta-potties. Uh, we also have this uh, footage from inside the firehouse showing stacks of bottled water and pizza cartons. Uh, it, practically everyone there has a name tag with a color code on a lanyard. We have parents bringing children down, you know, carrying them on their, their shoulders. This wouldn't make any sense at all if this is a scene where actually 20 children had just been massacred. But it turns out we discovered the manual for the event, the FEMA manual. It says right in the manual, there's going to be a rehearsal on the 13th, the day before, and it'll go live on the 14th. It says right in the manual, everyone must check in. It says right in the manual, refreshments and restrooms will be provided. They couldn't let Wolfgang have information about the porta potties because it would have reflected that they were brought in the wrong day, the day before. It seems like they spend lots of plan time planning this stuff down to the nth degree. They've done it clear back to uh, Waco, you know. They've moved forward refining this. And it seems like they must be colluding, um, complicit in the plans, one after another, because they seem to refine or try to refine them. Can we ever get to the author of this thinking? Can we ever find a group that's been in charge of of Waco, of uh, Sandy Hook, of 911, of Oklahoma City? Are we ever going to be able to get past the narrative and find out who's plotting? Well, I now, think it's very much... I'm gonna, as Osama bin Laden replied when he was informed about 9-11, he explained he had nothing to do with it. That was contrary to the tenets of Islam to murder innocent women and children, that while he was opposed to the stationing of American forces in Saudi Arabia, the home of the two most holy sites in Islam, Mecca and Medina, that there was a government within the government that wanted to blame this on Muslims. And we have it from no less an authority than William Jefferson Clinton himself, 
made a parallel observation. He said there's a government within the government, and I don't control it. So what we're talking about is like the shadow government taking place. Ever since uh, these continuity of government, having a parallel government to manage things in the event the official government were wiped out in a nuclear event, for example, were implemented, it seems as though that shadow government that, that uh, you know, supposed to be the backup has actually been running things. But, but Dick Cheney was very clear about it when he, when he wasn't satisfied with the CIA's reports that Saddam Hussein was not developing nuclear weapons, had no weapons of mass destruction, he created his own Team B to provide him with the reports he wanted to hear. And then when Joe, Joe Wilson went to investigate the claims coming from the Cheney group that Saddam was seeking to obtain yellow cake from Niger to develop a nuclear weapon, he found that the documents involved had been forged involving the signatures of officials who were not in office at the time they were signed, and that there was no evidence for Saddam having sought yellow cake, where Cheney used Scooter Libby to out uh, Joe Wilson's wife, Valerie Plame, who was in fact running the most important covert intelligence operation in the entire American intelligence arsenal to contain the proliferation of nuclear weapons in the Middle East. Just out of peak, just because he was ticked, he exposed our most important intelligence network, leading to many deaths and, of course, completely destroying the, the, the value of this network and, and its efforts to contain the proliferation of nuclear weapons. That, that, that reflects the despicable character of some of those who have attained high office in the United States. Before 911, we had Rumsfeld get up and say, oops, we've got how much missing? Did he say the Pentagon couldn't find? Two, $2.3 Then make a nice little war chest for a lot of uh, off-the-book operations like 911. Yeah, Dove Zockheim, who was uh, like most of the members of the Project for the New American Century, who would move into the Department of Defense, when Bush and Cheney came into office in a disputed election that they actually did not win, uh, was a joint U.S.-Israeli citizen. He was the controller of the Pentagon. And I think <laughs> it's Jeez. pretty clear where that $2.3 disappeared. But you know what's fascinating is that Rumsfeld make that announcement on a Monday, highly unusual because it's a kind of story that under ordinary circumstances would have grown legs, reporters would have dogged him, it would have become a big story almost as though he anticipated some traumatic catalyzing event would take place in the meanwhile and everyone would have it wiped from their consciousness and he'd be able to waltz into the hall. He wasn't a bit worried then, was he? He wasn't a bit worried at all. He wanted to get it out there so it could be wiped clean and he could waltz back into the halls of Congress and ask for hundreds of billions more in defense spending the next day, which he did. Didn't we just have another announcement that there's been some... Money missing from the Pentagon again? Well, this wouldn't surprise me, but we have so many so many different stories developing so rapidly, it's very difficult to keep track of them all. So, this Well, it'd not, be kind of disturbing because it seems like you get miss, money missing and you have a false flag. You have money missing and you have a yes. you get a Sandy Hook. You, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, this thing with Jade Helm is really staggering. I mean, the proportions of it, it's a massive military operation and includes thousands of military vehicles 
and uh, members of all four of the joint services, including special ops. These are very tough guys, got Green Berets, who had a reputation for brutality in Iraq and Afghanistan. And not only to have a, a massive number of you know, armored personnel carriers and such, but the closing of these Walmarts is profoundly disturbing. Until I began looking into this, I had no idea that FEMA had special arrangements with Walmart, that any time FEMA declared they could take control of the Walmarts, which it now appears are serving as command and control centers for different areas of operation, logistic bases. I mean, that's, after all, what Walmarts are. They provide supplies. So they're being stocked now with military supplies, equipment, you know, weapons, tanks. You need a tank? Just ask your <laughs> local Walmart. And, and what they're doing that is ex most revealing and telling that this is no ordinary training op is they're remodeling them. They're putting up eight- and nine-foot-high fences around them. They're ripping up the floors. Uh, they're covering up the windows with black plastic so you can't see what's going on. They're taking these enormous shipping containers uh, within which military equipment has been brought to the area and arranging them to create a, an outdoor exercise space for detainees. They are rebuilding the doors, blast-proof doors that have to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars are being installed in these Walmarts. Now, that tells me this is no ordinary training op. But it was obvious as a former Marine Corps officer, you can't assemble that amount of equipment and not plan to deploy it immediately because otherwise routine maintenance problems catch up with you. They all have to be lubricated. They have to have oil changes. That requires racks and garages. You don't have any racks or garages out where they're, you know, assembling all this equipment. It's, it's very, well, the very gas, disturbing. Well, the gas can't be left in the can for a long time because it goes stale and won't, won't, won't uh, fuel the, the vehicle. So we don't even stop to think that all of this is having to be fueled with gasoline. I know. You're absolutely right. But it's terrible. We have one, one governor who's taken appropriate measures. His name mm -hmm. is Abbott. He's a governor of Texas. He's assigned the Texas Guard to monitor the actions of these Jade Helm troops. Uh, all the governors of the states affected, and it's not only Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado. Colorado actually opted out, but they're the biggest military equipment movement convoy ever seen in its history is taking place now. And it in Colorado? In Colorado. Extends into Mississippi and uh, Louisiana and Florida. In fact, we have footage from Florida of a young woman who used her cell phone camera to, to film some Jade Helm troops taking a group of detainees into custody and when they saw she was filming it, one of them took her camera from her and threw it on the ground and crushed it, which, of course, was a destruction, the theft and destruction of private property. And when they looked around and saw other civilians were there with their cell phone cameras filming the whole thing, they simply disbanded and allowed the detainees to return to their base. We have a lieutenant colonel who gave a briefing about this and let out that it was going to, they were going to conduct some what he called limited, limited extractions where the whole thing appears to be directed at homeland dissidents, uh, anyone, in other words, who's critical of the government. And I have long since observed that we had a report from the Senate Committee on Homeland Security dated 3 October 2012, based upon its review of 680 fusion center reports, where fusion centers merged federal, state, and local anti-terrorist activity gathered between 2009 and 2010 
in those 680 reports from all over the country, they found not a single instance of domestic terrorist activity, nor any case in which a fusion center had thwarted some incipient planned terrorist attack, which means, given that large and varied sample, that domestic terrorism in the United States is, if not completely, virtually mm. non-existent. I, I'm concerned about who controls the fusion centers. A lot of that information of who the enemy is comes from the ADL and APAC groups. And uh, I don't well, like it's all, that. It's, it's all very disturbing because all of this NSA surveillance data, which clearly is not directed at domestic terrorists, but appears to be directed at groups who might actually have the the courage, the knowledge, and the wherewithal to stand up against the imposition of a military police state, especially mm-hmm. that. Well, that's why they hated the, the militias way back yeah. when, because they could saber rattle and they could present an actual presence uh, that could equal what they're trying to do with their guns. You know, you're ab- so you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And 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 constitutionalists, Ron Paul supporters, nine eleven truthers, NRA members. <laughs> These are the groups who are being targeted, of Americans. Of course. And, 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 and doesn't, how about that lady at the IRS? She never got in trouble. You know, the, that was, uh, that was uh, supposed to uh, bulldog the uh, Tea Party group uh, that run, oh, what is her oh, name, Lerner? To give them a special attention, you mean? Special <laughs> legal scrutiny for their tax, you know. <laughs> Uh, the IRS, uh, a significant organization that uh, uh, hands the money over not to the federal government but to the Federal Reserve, has which been used a, for... Which, of course, is a consortium of private banks. You know, even JFK wanted to circumvent the Federal Reserve and abolish it. He instructed the Department of Treasury to print hundreds of millions of United States notes, I recall, as a young... Marine Corps officer holding one of these in my hand and observing it had a red embossed imprint. Really? United States note instead of green Federal Reserve on the ground that it was absurd to be for the American government to be paying interest to a consortium of private banks to print the currency of the United States. Now, let's talk about that. I call that this, this thing you just mentioned. I want to start calling it the JFK syndrome because I think it's showing up, and I think it's showing up, and we've been missing it. Um, late last year, Texas met uh, behind the scenes in planning committees. By February this year, they there was a, a state rep in, in Texas that introduced Bill 463, excuse me, 483 in Texas. And... Uh, May 7th, they passed it. And I'm kind of wondering if they saw the ball rolling, because let me back up to the story that leads up to all what I'm getting to uh, to here in a minute. During Jimmy Carter's day, uh, Jim, um, remember when silver went up so much? Sure. Um and the uh, Hunt brothers were being uh, bad-mouthed in the press. Quartering the silver market, yes. Well, back then, I was familiar enough in these circles to know that the Hunt family was very patriotic American first family. And they were 
trying to initiate a currency system for Texas. Right in the middle of all this silver price going a sky high, I think it was like 80 some odd dollars an ounce. I mean, it was, for back then, that was huge, you know. They ended up, they being the Hunt family, the Federal Reserve, not the banks, the Federal Reserve called every note the Hunt family had due immediately. Now, uh, Jim, the Hunt family like owned like the the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they owned uh, these like uh, these entertainment parks. Uh, these uh, where you yeah, go on rides, fine. those kind of things. Yeah, they owned tons of stuff. And of course, what corporation do you know doesn't have loans, right? They leverage the future with loans, right, to expand. Sure. Sure. And they and and so the banks decide or the Federal Reserve decided to call it call it completely due. I ran in to one of the Hunt brothers on an airplane when this was going on, and the only reason why is he was riding coach. <laughs> These guys were going broke, so they weren't they weren't even flying in private jets. They were riding the same one I was. But we didn't hear the outcome of that case because the Hunt family took it to court. Do you know what happened? A miracle happened, Jim. The Supreme Court ruled that the Federal Reserve had conspired to break the Hunt family. They had to pay the Hunt family all kinds of money, but you know, that's what's that to the Federal Reserve? They just push a button or print out some paper, right? It's chunk change, right? Yeah. Nobody yeah. nobody went to jail for conspiring to break the Hunt family. Now, they did that because they were attacking them because they wanted Texas to have their own money. Just a few months ago when this came up again, we all of a sudden show up with this thing called Jade Helm and Texas is not only in Jade Helm exercise, but Texas is literally being called, isn't it one of the states that's the enemy? Uh, well, yes, Texas and Utah are being designated as hostile regions. Okay, so but, here's the JFK here's the JFK syndrome. Do you think it's suspicious that Utah just passed a, a law that said that you can pay your debts in gold and silver? And May seventh, Texas established a bullion depository to facilitate transactions in gold and silver for people in the state of Texas. Well, you're telling me something I have not known. That's rather fascinating, frankly. <laughs> that really is fascinating. But, but you know, here's a little story, by the way, which I have from an unimpeachable source, namely that enlisted men are asking their officers what's going on, and they're being told it's a standard training op, but they're expecting some resistance, so they're issuing live ammo. And I say, well, if this were a standard training op, why would they be expecting any resistance? And if they were expecting any resistance, why would they be issuing live ammo? So American soldiers could fire on American citizens? None of it. None of this adds up. And you're adding some additional elements that may be figuring in the background here. Well, the two states, then, that are marked as bad guys in this whole operation 
are now the two states that as of right now have made it legal to use gold and silver as currency. Utah did it just not too long ago, late last fall in 2014, I think it was. And here's Texas, having late last year been meeting about it, finally got it introduced. And lo and behold, we've got, uh, golly, we have this interesting little thing called Jade Helm making those two states the bad guys. I almost think I'm seeing a JFK syndrome. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, of course, I get it. You know, Jack also directed that the World Zionist Council had to register as a foreign agent, which they appreciate, and, you know, no, 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 no president since has pursued the policy issues the way he would have pursued them had he lived. Well, not only it, it, are it, they uh, – this, this is just – I tell you what, you know it's a good thing, Jim, I'm younger. I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be because I wouldn't probably be on the radio. I'd probably be listening to you and me, and I'd be uh, cleaning out the barrel of my rifle. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do exactly know what you mean. Uh, Jim, let me play this. It's a little two-minute thing. Not only are they having Jade Helm, they're already questioning people, the civilian people that are upset about it. And they're going to the FBI's going to their homes. And I've got a I've got an audio of them going to this guy's door. You want to hear this? Sure, of course. Do it. Calm down. Uh, basically, uh, we're just following up with the phone call because you know there's a lot of news reporting about Jade Helm and that. I was just wondering if you had a couple minutes to talk about it because uh, you called me kind of concerned about it. So we follow up with anything national like that, and we follow all that national stuff, as I'm sure you're aware of. Um, you know, Are you guys interconnected with it, the operation? Because it says. No, it's all, that's a military thing. That's not necessarily true. Like, uh, DHS is involved, and there's other... FBI uh, isn't with DHS. I understand. Yeah. I I understand that. Yeah, we're not, we don't play a role in that at all. We just follow up when, when citizens call them concerned about stuff like that. We just come out and follow up with it. So if you have any concerns or any information that you think we should know about it, that's basically what we're here for. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, because it, I have concerns because it just keeps getting... I, now there's UN trucks and different different other things that are coming up, uh, 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 like missile-type batteries that are being moved into those areas and whatnot in Texas that is labeled hostile on their map. Have you seen the Jade Helm, like, unclassified document? I mean, just yeah. What, just what I see on... Yeah, just running port and yeah. CNN and places like that. Yeah, so yeah, let's, let's, you know, if you have... The mainstream just makes it seem like it's a conspiracy theory, even though it's admitted that it's going on by the government. Yeah, and Jade Helm, from what we understand about it, is just a an exercise put on from the military... Uh, uh, like, that's directly correlated with what they're doing in the Middle East. And we're just trying to see... 
you know, guys well, like you that have. Hold on a second. Let me grab this document. Now, this guy, this is the FBI, and uh, I have a video of this. And these guys end up uh, asking him some more questions, Jim. Let me, uh, this is the FBI. There's two FBI agents, and I've got their photographs, by the way. I'll forward those to you. Did I lose Jim? No, no, I'm right here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and play the rest of this. Uh, It's real short, and you'll hear him talking to these. These don't even act, I mean, they almost sound uh, kind of hesitant in their voice. They're kind of like, they're not very uh, aggressive in their questioning, but they're there because of Jade Helm and his and this person that has been investigating Jade Helm, and uh, they want to know what he's concerned about. So here he goes. I don't allow police officers in my house. As a rule of thumb. Yeah, All right, so... God, your commander-in-chief, Barack Obama... This isn't in the news anywhere. I found it on WhiteHouse.gov. You guys can go look it up yourself if you'd like to. But as you can see, he signed over the powers of the the National Defense Authorization Act over to John Kerry. Uh, By authority vested in me, by president of the Constitution, the laws of the United States of America, including Section 301, Title Three of the USC Code. I hereby delegate the functions and authorities vested by the President under Section 1209B2 of the National Defense Authorization Act for Fiscal Year 2015 Public Law to the Secretary of State. Any reference to the member of the Act, blah, blah, blah. So basically, he's put Mr. Skull and Bones John Kerry in charge. It's interesting. The older one. Older ones. That one's actually passed by uh, Kennedy. I got, we got this. Defense surplus equipment disposal going to law enforcement and stuff. And I'm sure you guys are aware of this because you guys get quite a bit of uh, your equipment in the FBI from these guys. Basically, it's old military equipment coming back from war that's being being used on the American public. How, how you can say that we're not militarizing our our police officers is beyond me. I mean, this is a violate. The thing that concerns me most about Jade Home is it violates posse comitatus. Also, let's say that let's say that uh, I go on vacation or I'm down on business in Texas or something, and this thing holds me up for 20 minutes, 30 minutes while they parade uh, equipment by or whatnot. That's my brother. Nope. Hey, meet the FBI. How you doing? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't know that they, they came here. Um, anyways, if it holds me up, that uh, that violates my constitutional right as far as making me an indentured servant because I'm not, I lose money if I'm doing it for business or whatever. Oh, it upset me too. I understand. That. So, so to start doing unconstitutional acts on the American people, at the very least, it's a psyop operation. It's training us to think. It's okay for there to be obscene amounts of military presence on the streets of America when we give them plenty of bases to use. This is another thing. This is from the Army's own website. Interment resettlement specialists 
they're hiring for these people. And this is all to do with the same Jade Helm type thing. Internment and, re uh, internment and resettlement operations. This has come out in 2010. Look how long these documents are. Do you feel that this exercise is intended as like training for the military in order to take over the civilian areas within this country? Quite possibly. I, the military trains in the environment that they want to see sure. for whatever. And that's what they're saying that using uh, de uh, Desert Utah or whatever goes towards being able to train for Afghanistan or whatever. What bothers me is these guys have been in live theater of war for 15 years or whatever. Why do they have to do that on the American public? I, I don't know if there's other contingencies. The thing is, it, it could be used against American people, so that does concern me that it's the possibilities there. Right. Right. Economic collapses right around the corner, all kinds of different things. You know, uh, no, I and it, I know it's been disturbing the people in the state where it's been taking part in and all that stuff. Well, what concerns me is, you know, I call the state patrol, I call the governor, different agencies, and they don't even know anything about it. Well, it's not taking place in the Sure, Nebraska, but a sister, our sister state of Colorado, it is. So the state patrol does on the is on the border of that. They should at least know about it for crying out loud. Jim, this guy was in Nebraska. And they came to his house and asked him what, at the end of this, and I don't want to play anymore and take up your time, but at the end of this, the uh, FBI was trying, it basically ended up saying, you don't plan on doing anything to these people that are training, do you? Yeah, sure. He wants to know if they're going to take any measures. I think it depends how it's going to play out, you know, if, they, they, they want to come into communities. They want to pass on notice. They want to perform extractions. They've, they've suggested that they have actors who are going to play. Well, if they hauled me out of my home and I were kicking and screaming, some neighbors mm -hmm. might say, you know, well, that's just a pretty good actor. <laughs> yes. but the fact of the matter is this guy seemed very knowledgeable. I was very impressed that you played this clip because he seems to know what's coming on. Going on, I might mention, by the way, on my own show, which has gone video since the beginning of the year, I now have about 59 or 60 of the real deal in the new video uh, in, in, in corporation can be found on uh, online at M MBC feature the real deal on YouTube. And I have a half a dozen shows on Jade Helm. If you just go for a, the Real Deal episode or EP on Jade Helm, you should be able to find it. It's also archived at uh, webookyourshow.com, webookyourshow.com. And there's a oh, live okay. stream link too. But, uh, now, if we go I mean, to your webookyourshow.com, what do they search on or will it be pretty no, easy? No, you'll, see a big, you'll see a big icon for The Real Deal. Just click on it. Okay. It's got my, you know, my, my image right there. But, you so, know, I like the fact that this guy was so knowledgeable. I mean, he's very, very uh, current on what's going on. So I've been present. Yeah, at the, at the end, he's saying basically they're breaking the law, you know, and he yeah. gave the case law. Uh, he told them what they were, you know, these FBI were acting kind of ignorant, and I'm not too sure they're that ignorant. I mean, come on, only what they know on television is what they know about Jade Helm. Oh, well, for you wonder, Christ. you know, I mean, 
they're obviously trying to probe the degree of resistance in the population that may be affected when this goes down. And it's not a very subtle technique. Uh, I don't know what, how they would assess what they heard from him, but, I mean, there was a guy who legitimately was complaining. I mean, every resident of every state affected ought to be complaining to their political representatives to to look into this, and anyone who's issued an invitation or allowed them to use their property for these drills should withdraw it. And this is all in violation of the Constitution. And the fact that they've closed these FEMA camps, and let me just add, I was mentioned ripping up the walls and these FEMA, the floors in these FEMA camps. A friend of mine who knows more about these than I issues than I do said they were laying down patterns of electrodes. So when they put in the bars that are coming in the shipping containers. For processing the detainees, they can stimulate them electrically from their feet up, and they could even not just inflict pain, but render them unconscious or even dead. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to remodel a Walmart, put on blast-resistant doors, eight- and nine-foot fences if this were merely a routine training op. That means it is not a routine training op, and any military organization trains for the operations is going to perform. I mean, this is not for an exercise abroad. The, the American troops can't just blend in, even if they're in civilian clothes with the population in, in Beirut or Damascus or anywhere else, you know, Baghdad. I mean, it's just a ludicrous claim that they, they are training for foreign ops. They aren't trained for foreign ops. They're trained for ops right here. We even have the manual. Uh, we have the, the, the headquarters U.S. Army manual from December 2008 about dominating the human domain that talks about conducting operations in areas that were heretofore off limits, including, and it uses this dreadful language, you know, the, the, the homeland. So they're going to be conducting ops. I mean, it was when Bush slipped in that America was now a battlefield that they created a North American command. We'd existed over 200 years as a nation without having a North American military command. But it appears that that creation of that command, creating the 300 FEMA camps, acquiring 2 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point ammunition, which is not even permissible in combat under the Hague Convention of 1899, is all part and parcel of gearing up for this, where it looks to me like this is going live. I mean, I tell you, when they're remodeling those Walmarts, Something is wrong. Well, we already know when people start playing with the money and want that Federal Reserve note done away with, all hell breaks loose. This is like getting rid of the, you know, the goose that lays the golden egg, and you don't play with that. You can axe murder your grandma and get away with it, but you're not going to get away with fiddling with their their Federal Reserve notes. And I'm really now very suspicious that the thing that they've taken the most time to protect, the thing that they've taken the most uh, uh, severest extreme um, uh, resistance to, with no, I mean, with maximum effort, with uh, no prejudice whatsoever who it is. Um, if it's a two-year-old baby and it's ruining their banking system, murder it, you know. I think that possibly with Utah and Texas now getting out of this system, 
called the Federal Reserve has prompted them to go live. And I think this might be it. This thing that just got passed in Texas, what it essentially does is creates a means, it says in there, for the transactions to occur in precious metal. You just completely leave out the Federal Reserve. And this allows the people of Texas to open up accounts for depositing of their precious metals, and they will have a banking system in the state venue that tracks the people's precious metals balance and whatever they want to spend, just like it's a checking account. Well, now, guess what? I think the Federal Reserve has tried to preempt this with a training exercise. I really am thinking we have just stumbled onto uh, some of the reasons. Because if the if for them, uh, Jim, what's your opinion? What if they lost control of the Federal Reserve? Where would their agenda be then? Well, that's a very, a very deep and searching question because uh, the Fed has been, uh, you know, a cancer on the body politic since it was created in the middle of the night on New Year's Eve in 1913 without even a quorum present. I mean, this whole business has been shady from the beginning. Lord Rothschild observed that if you, if I can control the money of a country, I do not care who occupies office because he could manage the affairs of that nation from that strategic position. And this has been true around the world where the Rothschild banking industry has just been, uh, you know, created a network, uh, which I wish I could say were benevolent, but which appears to be, you know, quite the opposite uh, and has, you know, entanglements all over the world. But I think we have to get get rid of the Fed at some point in time. JFK was going to take a rather direct approach. And, uh, of course, uh, he was opposed on many other counts, such as he wanted to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces. And he was not going to commit ourselves to a war in Vietnam. And he was cracking down on organized crime, so that there were a whole host of the most powerful special interests yeah, in the country. Picked, he picked almost everybody. <laughs> yeah, out, didn't he? He did. <laughs> and and so did his brother. His brother was probably yeah. even more vicious. Bobby you know. was wonderful. Yeah, very very principled. You know, in, in, in having only ten minutes to stay, I wanted to just mention in relation to the book. And on the back, I notice the following. Uh, William Casey, director of the CIA, was reported to have told his staff, our disinformation campaign will be a success when everything the American people believe is false. And they seem to have done a pretty good job of it. Where this book explains, explains how we know that we did not go to the moon but faked it, that Paul McCartney died and was replaced, that we hung a double, not Saddam, that Osama died in Afghanistan, not Pakistan, that the Holocaust was different than historians claim. And you know, the most curious issue on that list, probably in most people's minds, would be about Paul McCartney. But the fact of the matter is that there's overwhelming evidence, which is marshaled in this book, that the, the rumors that have circulated for many years, namely that Paul died in 1966 and was replaced, turn out to have been true. And that, you know, I'm marshaled together here just some wonderful 
analyses of what happened, where the the fascinating aspect of it is that if you could replace the most widely observed human being on the planet, you could you could replace anyone. In other words, Paul mm-hmm. McCartney was under such intense scrutiny that if they could, you know, if he could die, and he appears to have died in an automobile accident on September 11th, oddly enough, 1966. <laughs> where Brian Epstein, their manager, declared the following month that the Beatles were no longer going to tour, and where the cover of the Sgt. Pepper album, as we analyze it, is actually a funeral for the original Beatles group who are there dressed in black, and you see the gravesite, and it says right on it, Beatles, and reincarnation as a new band, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, including a replacement for Paul, but it was difficult to discern and where a brilliant, brilliant essay by Scott Larson in this book just, I think, nails who it was that they chose to replace him. I mean, it is a fascinating story. And so, you know, some of these issues are coming out from, uh, from uh, where they've been concealed and suppressed into the public domain in the bright light of discussion. My opinion, for example, about the Holocaust has always been well, if the Holocaust was real, then, then serious research would support it. And if it was not, then the world deserves to know. Well, it turns out, based on rather elementary laws of biochemistry and material science, the story we've been told about the Holocaust is not true, and that it has been manipulated for the sake of political benefit to promote a Zionist agenda. And it's appalling. We, we have to confront the truth and shake off the shackles of these false beliefs about history that have been manipulated to contain and control us and to benefit certain special groups to the detriment of others. Who was it, Jim, that uh, went to jail uh, because he wrote about the Holocaust, uh, and they called him a Holocaust denier? Well, uh, there, there's recently, several, but you're probably thinking about con- Ernst, Ernst Zundel, maybe the person. Zundel, yes. And then, yeah. and then just recently after... All of that debacle kind of went away. Uh, they, the attorney said that she couldn't mention stuff. And then she was out of the country where that was illegal to talk about and mentions what she was trying to do, and she goes back to jail when she gets back home. Well, this is simply absurd. How can you have laws against thought, you know? I mean, surely the only way we can figure out the truth is by entertaining different hypotheses, marshalling the evidence and evaluating them, which is what we do in this book. We take the <laughs> hypothesis, we went to the moon, and we test it, and it comes up. Oh, well, hard. you're going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail. You, <laughs> you, you know, if you say that one more time, I'm going to throw you in the clink. Because, and by the way, if you get an attorney that even says that, we'll throw him in jail, too. Absurd. Now, it's absurd. I mean, this is intellectually atrocious. <laughs> you know, this, this is just a, a perversion of every principle of, of inquiry and of science. And what's so beautiful about our analysis of the Holocaust is it's based on elementary laws of science, uh, which can't, yes. cannot be violated and cannot be changed. My own background, I have a PhD in the history and the philosophy of science. So I am drawn to scientific arguments which involve principles, laws of science that cannot be violated and cannot be changed. So if we observe a phenomenon taking place that's in violation of the laws of science, we know that we're being played. We know something is wrong. We know what we're witnessing cannot be true. Well, really what you're saying is if we can come to a 
a logical conclusion by extrapolation and through the facts, we can come to a logical conclusion that should speak volumes, but every time we do that, with all of these topics you've got in this book, uh, you might go even as bad as uh, as far as go to jail because you disagree, even <laughs> though you've got an extrapolated uh, uh, fact-finding uh, basis. It, it's it's just amazing. Well, I think we're going to find. APAC in the pot of people that are controlling all this. I got one more question for you before you leave, Jim. Sure, sure, sure. And I was just going to add that the situation is absurd. I mean, I spent 35 years as a college professor offering courses in logic, critical thinking, and scientific reasoning. This is my 30th book. And I will just say, I wouldn't be supporting all of this. I wouldn't have published this book if I weren't convinced did not know the evidence backwards and forward and had excellent people contributing because this is just a marvelous collection of experts. I got, I got to, I've got to tip my hat to you for this uh, because I know you probably had tons of logic classes and taught logic, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, what is logic, you know, how do you prove through trilogies, etc. I can remember when I went to my first uh, logic class as an undergrad, and I and and the guy was teaching it, and it was he was teaching it so simple that there was about five of us that got together, and I says, "I'm not here to spend my money not to learn something." He says, "Well, if you want an easy A, just stay." I said, "I'm here to learn something." So five of us went to the admin and complain. Now, when that happens, they have five students that want a different teacher they have to give it. So five of us got a new teacher. Fantastic. Boy, did we. Boy, did we ask for it. He had a, <laughs> PhD, he had a PhD in uh, 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 what you've got and another PhD in logic. Wow, man, I said, maybe I should have stuck with a better grade point average. I mean, well, you you know, know. this that's a tough I, road, but there I are think. ways, common sense ways, Jim, to take statements and extrapolate and get rid of the not. I mean, it's kind of like what we were taught very at the very beginning. You know, here's one that doesn't work. It's obvious that logic and common sense tells you this isn't true. Uh a man man has thumb. A monkey has a thumb. Therefore, man must be a monkey. You know, there's no, you know, so what? You know, there's common sense in some oh, that's, of this. That's, that's, sure, that's called special pleading by only citing the evidence favorable to your side, which is familiar from politicians, used car salesmen, and advertising. <laughs> but, there you go. You know, it, it, uh, I think that we all deserve to know the truth. And that this book is dedicated to the proposition that, that, that truth is preferable to, to mythology and that we can't really figure out what actions we should take in the world unless our beliefs about the world are well-founded and bear a correspondence to the way things actually are. So, you know, I would like to believe that this book will have an emancipating effect on many uh, citizens who have had thoughts 
uh, about some of these issues, but were afraid they were wandering off the reservation when actually they were exercising their own intelligence and their own capacity for independent reasoning, which I would like to believe this book will, uh, you know, reinforce and support and, and encourage. You know, Jim, it seems like because they are them or the government is there, which basically it's just the man off the street and sometimes pretty stupid. I mean, look at Junior Bush, you know, the scrub brush. I mean, how how stupid do you have to be before you can't be a president? I mean, we've got us a benchmark now. We can go pretty low uh, IQ-wise. I mean, you know, so uh, he can't even get jokes right. He, you know, it, it's a mess. But anyway. Well, I just uh, want to thank you for featuring me today, and I think that our time was well spent, uh, half on Jade Helm, half on this new book, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, Jade Helm, as I perceive it, is a menace to freedom and democracy in this nation, in the United States, while the book represents emancipation and intellectual freedom and the capacity to explore all avenues without inhibition in pursuit of the truth. And I I just want to say how much I appreciate having the chance to talk. Well, with I've you got it. I want both. you to come back. You're very welcome. And I want you to come back because uh, you're going to have probably, if we can survive this thing called Jade Helm at all, um, you've got some books that are going to have to be listed as classics and particularly about the JFK event. And so I want you to come back and uh, we need to get in and uh uh we got to talk about that because i believe the jfk syndrome is still it's still there we've still well, got that the fed be, that would be my great pleasure take for granted that i'm i'm signing up for that i'll be glad to return well i'm uh, on tuesdays and thursdays and uh, we'll pull you over uh on a thursday night and get you uh on a, a different venue with the same listeners and other listeners too. So it's uh, been a pleasure to have you, Jim, and uh, have a good evening. Are you going to be on somewhere else tonight? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I have a conflict with my own network that runs my show. They have a roundtable once a month, and I didn't have it on my calendar. So okay. that I'm joining them for the last half hour. But I, I ah, okay. Uh, well, I very much appreciate you being here and taking your time to be with us. I look forward to my return. Thanks so much. All right. That's uh, Jim Fetzer. He's got a new book. Uh, Links are up on my website, The Waterman Files. Uh, You're going to have to take a look at this. Um, I've read the first pages. It's called, And I Suppose We Didn't Go to the Moon Either. Uh, There's several coordinated and edited the book along with another man. And uh, Mike... Palachek, I guess is how you say his name. Uh, you're going to get into the topics of JFK, uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, all of these that we talked about tonight are all... It's a collection, as best I could say, topics that we've just been talking about tonight. Folks, I want to do this too. Before we go, I've got some things that I need to talk to you about. I've also wanted to uh, play the rest of this. I want to play you the rest of this uh, audio file from this guy talking to the FBI. Why don't we play the rest of this? I'll and I'll get some uh, a break music in there real quick, 
and then we'll spend the last few minutes uh, uh, with some more information. Hang on. Here we go with the rest of it. Maybe the ones further out west do or something. And yeah. when I called them, that was before it had even come out and uh, your alternative media sources, Drudge and whatever, it hadn't even broke there yet. Um, it hadn't even it hadn't hit anything yet. Yeah. So, you know, I've... I'm obviously a very aware, vigilant citizen. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. We were just, no. we were just wondering if you had a connection to something else outside of like public sources that we needed to be aware of, and that's basically all of it. Well, and I, you know, we don't know if you have connections to any of the states where this stuff is going on. Is anyone yeah. planning to disrupt this stuff, interfere with it, cause problems with it? That I can tell. I've been, mean, I've. I believe in the First Amendment. I believe in all the amendments, but the First Amendment. So for people, I know that I know of people that go protest and whatever. Sure. Sure, I know those people. Do I know them and, and personally or the whatever? Well, as long as it doesn't fall within your guys' free speech zones, which are everywhere anymore, it seems like. You can't show up to an event where they don't tell you, oh, you can't say that here, you got to go over here and say that, or you can't pass out that. New, new, the New Testament here. You yeah, gotta pass yeah, it out over there. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're but the Constitution, the Constitution deals with the Bureau. Sure. You guys swear to uphold it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. If it's taken to task, when the FBI starts thinking that DHS and the military can do that can violate posse comitata to make us possibly indentured servants or whatever, that's where I have a problem because you guys are standing by. Illegal activity on the homeland, which you guys are supposed to protect the homeland. So, do I do I know of anything that's going to be hostile or violent, or am I a violent person? No. But I'm very informed, very vigilant, and and more than willing to organize to protest different things. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Have a good right. day. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Your name, guys, names one more time. Mike. Mike. Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Thomas Castle. Thank you. You guys out of Omaha. I am the architect. I created the matrix. I've been waiting for you. communications and the more I think about needing them, the more serendipitous it appears that we're going to need it because 
of things that are developing. A couple of things for you to be aware of is that in the Waterman Files website, on the Ground Crew Broadcasting page, where you can join this broadcast to listen, you know that I've made that password protected. If you need to get the passwords, call us, write to us. We'll give you the password. We're not trying to keep you from it. We're trying to keep the trolls out. And uh, if we get one, uh, I find out who it is, and then I give everybody a new password. Let's hope that doesn't have to happen. But on that page is now a book called the Bible. I want you to go there and download that thing. (laughs) Put it on your computer, because this is now our code book. If the government can hack my website and get past, of course, the password and all that, go for it, boys. But this is what we're going to be doing, uh, as I covered last time about communications. This coming Thursday, you're going to hear on the Truth Traveler when I'm on there every Thursday now. You're going to hear how we're going to use this book. So get it and download it. This is going to be what we're going to use as a code. Yeah, it's going to be used. Yes, it's going to be on there. To get to the Truth Traveler for Thursday, it's in my link section. It's number one at the top. It says the Truth Traveler. On the right-hand side, at the very top of the website, the Waterman Files, you'll see the two bars there uh, for Tuesday, the time frame for the, t- for the broadcast, and uh, TWF is live, of course, on Thursdays at a different time. Those are my new schedules for the summer, Tuesdays and Thursdays. In order to get this, you also need to uh, get that book so you can follow me this uh, coming um, uh, this coming uh, Thursday. Now, also, on the website is a new book. And uh, <clears throat> this book is something that you probably would like to uh, download. And... Uh, I put it up there in the uh, box called Ground Crew Info. It doesn't show the, all the words. I don't. It's it's there though. <laughs> in the right hand side, you know, it's not in the communications folder. It's it's in the list with everything else. And uh, I'm looking forward here to give it to you. It's. Uh, in there with all these other books. Hang on just a second. Let's see if I can find it. And uh, hang on just a second. I'm still here. I changed the name of it. And so it's got me kind of confused. Let me uh, search by date. Okay, maybe I didn't put it where I thought. Hang on just a second. But this new book's there. If you if you go to this uh, book, 
this uh, open this up and do a search for by a date. And I hate to open it because I lose control of my um, computer and the show gets all messed up because it takes up so much of my RAM. It'll mess up the broadcast. Go to the box, make it big, do a sort. Let me do a sort here, see if I can do a sort. Make it by date. And uh, let's see. See, I can't get it to do it by date because I'm doing my thing here. Hang on just one more time. Here it is. It's called Unraveling the Mysteries of Ancient Artifacts. I was trying to edit this uh, in uh, a document, and it wouldn't let me because I needed to change Judaic to something else. I needed to change um, ancient Jewish to ancient Israelites, but I want you to take it anyway and read it. Uh, this is a book about giants and the giants that they have found in America. Uh, it's very interesting, uh, some of the ancient stuff that's going on. I think you'll find it very interesting. It came from a website that was celebrating uh, uh, an anniversary date and gave this book up for free, so I put it in our download box. There's a couple new things in the download box, and uh, I want you to just kind of search for stuff that you haven't gotten. Download it while you can. But one of the things, of course, is... Make sure that you have got caught up with the uh, broadcast on uh, communications. And if you have trouble finding it, uh, let me know. Um, I'll put it up. I'm thinking about putting it up as a post. So you'll be caught up. Then Thursday, we're going to go over a lot of things. But most importantly, we're going to go over how we're going to send and encrypt and decrypt communications in case of an emergency. So you'll want to listen. And, you know, it's got me concerned because as I began to examine this link that was sent to us by one of our listeners, uh, the Texas bill to establish bullion, bullion depository, in other words, uh, alternative money in gold and silver, because, see, Utah, if you recall, had already passed this some, um, a few months ago. And Utah and Texas are the enemy on this Jade Helm list. They're, they're the states that the bad guys are in. And so I'm kind of wondering if we haven't come to some kind of scary conclusion about Jade Helm and who the bad guys are and what might be getting ready to happen. The more I look at it, the more disgusted I get with the whole thing, and the more that I see the stuff going on uh, and what they're doing, um, it is getting a little bit disturbing. Uh, I should say maybe a little bit more than disturbing. In my opinion, folks, as we've talked about before, if anything has more than a 10% possibility of happening, it's worth acting upon, and we are way past that. By the way, this uh, a gold and silver thing was a web bot prediction, and I think you're going to begin to see 
here soon. Gold going up. Now, here's something else that I want you to know about. If you recall, and this is my last thing before we go, if you recall, when we were talking about the WebBot, we were talking about, I was talking about the fact that the WebBot said that the Southwest was going to have housing problems. And uh, particularly it mentioned, I think, Phoenix in particular. Well, there's some foreclosed homes on some subprime loans in central Phoenix, and there's a Blackstone hedge fund has been going in there and buying up. I see they're like dots on a they're, – they're like uh, fleas on a bad dog, a case of fleas. Those dots all over this map are incredible of all these homes that this hedge fund has been buying. Yes, a hedge fund, but they turned around and they're floating rent bonds. Now, what does all that mean? <laughs> if you if if you play a commodities market, you can make money on the down on something going down in price. I think that should be against the law. If I were king, the only way you could make money is to make a profit. So none of this nonsense about, hey, let's cause an airline to have a crash and watch their stocks drop. And as soon as the stocks drop because they hit the two World Trade Center buildings, their stock will drop. And then we can make a lot of money because the price went down because I sold a contract to sell at a real low price. And so blah, blah, blah. No. I think it ought to be against the law, period. Can you cut any deal? It causes too many criminal elements to get involved. And instead of it causing it to get better, they bet on things they can destroy. It's real easy to knock a hole in a concrete wall. It's a real long day to repair it. Do you see where I'm going? It's so easy to cause a disaster for a stock to tank and make money off of, but it's not easy to make a company make profit. So I think we ought to end that nonsense and get back into investing and have a stock market that was meant for what it was meant for. Do you know what a stock market was for the first, in the first place? It was for people to get together to raise money for a good idea that they thought was going to make money in the future and that they could have a share of that. Today, folks, don't even bother with the stock market. The new way to do this is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is the new stock market. Yep, that's the way it goes. Now, crowdfunding today is almost like giving money. If they can start cutting deals where you get to be part owner, oh, well, then you might have to start doing you know, license stuff. Baloney, as a private individual, you can make friends with them and become partners without having anybody in the securities exchange group get involved. Okay, said my deal for tonight. <laughs> but there is a huge, huge problem with hedge funds going in and buying subprime uh homes that are being foreclosed on, and that means to me they're looking for more of those to pop up. Do you know how hard it is, folks, to buy a house that's in foreclosure? 
Uh, if you've ever heard about buying a house in foreclosure, it, it takes forever. You wait and you wait and you wait. How are they buying these houses so quickly that are in foreclosure? I haven't got a clue. Except that they've got inside track and they are the banks and they have bank people helping them. Just like everybody wonders, hey, well, we're not like a stockbroker. Uh, we're we're just we're just advisors in the market. Mm-hmm. I I have to bite my tongue. Guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you Thursday. There's more info coming about all this. I'll let you know when we find uh, more information about uh, Jade Helm and get ready for the communications class and some more information about current news. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.